You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, Why Not Mint Money is a daily podcast on personal finance that helps you get smart about managing money. We help you understand basic money concepts to keep you from making bad money mistakes. Why Not Mint Money is your one-stop solution to money matters. So, let's get started. Welcome to your money journey. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money podcast. I am Satya Santanam from Mint's personal finance team. In this episode, we take you through some of the important points to consider before investing in REITs. Stay tuned. If you want to invest in real estate space but without having to own the physical property itself, you can consider investing in REIT or Real Estate Investment Trust. REIT is a company that allows investors to invest in the units of portfolio of real estate assets. A pool of investors, just like mutual funds, come together and invest in real estate. It is considered to be a hybrid asset class since an investor can get income but also earn capital appreciation on the stock. It is considered to be less volatile than equity with inflation expected to remain high and interest rates likely to go up. The question of whether REITs is a good alternative investment at this point of time comes into picture. To answer this and more, we have with us Rick Romano, MD, PGIM Real Estate and Head Global Real Estate Securities Business. Hi Rick. Hi, thank you for having me today. So I would like to start by asking uh, about the diversification capability of REIT as an asset class. So tell us how can REITs help in diversification of a portfolio? What is the correlation of this asset class with equities in long run? Yeah, it's a great question. When we think about REITs and real estate, one of the main benefits is that they can diversify your portfolio um, if you are only invested in, say, for example, equities or a combination of equities and bonds. And when they diversify the portfolio, what they typically do is they'll um, lower the risk level of a portfolio by adding them either maintaining or increasing the return. And the reason for that is that they are diverse. So the correlations from a long-term perspective versus things like um, global equities or U.S. equities are about 0.5. And that's going back to 1998. We did a correlation study through 2019, and it was about 0.5. Then when you think about it versus bonds, it's only 0.08. So I think people start to think, okay, I've got REITs or real estate, they pay a lot of income, they borrow a lot, they're highly sensitive to interest rates. Not necessarily the case over the long term. In the short term, yes. What, in your opinion, are the structural changes witnessed in the real estate sector, uh, you know, post-COVID? And is it any different in India? Real estate is being disrupted or changing like I've never seen before. I've been investing in real estate for about 30 years now. And what we have in terms of technology and how it's impacting real estate, meaning how are real estate companies using technology to drive additional cash flow out of assets or to optimize their pricing models, that's really never happened before. And it's creating winners and losers within real estate uh, property types, but also across real estate property types. Other areas of disruption are pretty obvious, and we've seen them for a while. We've seen e-commerce impact bricks and mortar real estate. 
uh, bricks and mortar retail. So people are now shopping online, they're going to the store less, that has implications across real estate, that's in India, that's everywhere we're seeing that. Work from home, that's another trend that if we were sitting here three years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but we have a pandemic, most of us have to work from home for a long period of time, and the model works for the most part in that people, employees are productive, employers could save money on the real estate footprint, and there's even environmental benefits in terms of people not commuting, and so the carbon footprint shrinks. So all of that is creating so much disruption in that space, and that creates opportunity for investors, for real estate investors who can understand that, who can apply that to their investment process. So while office might be challenged in terms of headwinds going forward because of work from home, there are tactical valuation opportunities to be had in that space, but also there's a beneficiary, data centers. Work from home is increasing the need for streaming services, for Zoom calls, Teams calls. All of that is increasing demand for data centers, cloud-based usage. So uh, there's a beneficiary within REITs that we can invest in as a result of that. Same thing with the disruption of retail, of um, e-commerce shopping. Uh, the industrial warehouse REITs, the demand has increased significantly. There's been a demand shift upward for industrial and warehouse space because that package that you used to go buy or that shirt you would buy at the mall, you're now getting it delivered to your garage and it's sitting at a last mile warehouse before it gets to your house. So, you know, all of these things we, we've never seen before and it creates great opportunities for active managers within real estate to add value. It's very heartening to uh, see that uh, the disruptions in this space are actually beneficial to the investors and also as the economy, but at the best interest of the environment. Inflation is considered as, you know, one of the assets, uh, you know, good, good for assets like REITs. Can you elaborate on that? Historically, REITs have done really well in periods of inflation. So if you go back historically and look at inflation levels of 3% or 4%, which by recent standards, you would say that's high inflation. It's probably you know, somewhat above moderate type levels, but REITs have significantly outperformed general equities in those environments. So why is that? Well, if you think about the way real estate or REITs are structured, it, it makes a lot of sense. Many of the leases that are at the property level, many of them have built-in inflation protection right in the lease. It's contractual. So one year goes by in your lease, your lease rate goes up by inflation. So that's built-in protection right into your, right into your revenue stream. Um, there's also, uh, when you think about chief investment officers and how they allocate capital. So they've got choices. They have bonds, which are fixed income, they don't increase at all. That payment stays the same. Um, so in a period of inflation or rising rate environment, you have no protection at all. You have equities, which have a volatile cash flow stream. They may have a, a price to earnings multiple that's very high. And when inflation occurs, that multiple typically compresses. Um, then you have REITs, which sort of sit in the middle. They're a hybrid of both. They have the income component. And they have the growth component, the equity component, because they can raise rates over time. So what a lot of chief investment officers do in a period of inflation is they'll rotate their bond position or part of it into REITs because or real estate. They want the inflation protection. 
Um, they like the fact that uh, you can raise rents to increase your dividend over time. And if you look at dividends historically for REITs, they've increased above inflation. And then um, when you think about things like construction costs, that inflation, construction inflation, we've seen it in the numbers. We've seen steel and lumber, all these materials and labor go up significantly in price. That means it costs more to build. And that means there'll be less supply in real estate. It means the bar for rents has to be higher to justify new supply. So that's always been another good inflation factor. And then from labor inflation, wage inflation, when you think about real estate at the property level, you don't need a lot of employees like other, other um, areas of the equity markets to run a self-storage facility, an apartment building. So it is less exposed to wage inflation, real estate properties are less exposed to wage inflation than other parts of the equity market. So for those reasons, real estate REITs typically do very well in inflationary environments. For the benefit of listeners, REITs in India are supposed to distribute 90% of their income to unit holders in the form of dividends or interest. So the unit holders will get periodic income by holding units of REITs. Using the expected income from REITs, Investors generally calculate the yield. This yield refers to the annual expected income from holding a REIT as a percentage to the current stock price. This yield metric can be used for comparing income from REIT versus other fixed income investments. Okay, that justifies to an extent why it is considered an inflation beating asset. Uh, but tell us, uh, what are the macro factors one should keep in mind for yield expectation from REIT? Uh, so what is the equation between the interest rates in the economy and the yield from uh, REIT that an investor can get? So interest rates, when we look back historically, interest rates and REITs over long periods of time are less correlated. But you'll see them uh, over short periods of time have a higher correlation. So it really depends on what's going on in the market. In the beginning of 2021 into really the full year, we saw rates increase significantly, but we saw REITs and real estate do very well because it's in a period of time where real estate was sort of early-ish cycle coming out of the pandemic. So you had a very high growth rate attached to it. So you could buy real estate at you know income returns of three or 4%, 5%, but you're getting good cash flow growth, good earnings growth. So REITs globally will have earnings growth of about eight to 10%. That's gonna be above general equity markets. So if you're in a period of time where you've got good earnings growth and visibility, supply and demand are out of sync, um, interest rates matter a lot less in terms of the impact on REIT valuations, REIT values. Um, if rates are going up, if they go up very quickly, and sharply and at a high nominal level, then it can become problematic for not only REITs, but all different uh, asset classes. Because in that case, the REITs um, cannot adjust their pricing quickly enough to keep up with that higher cost of capital. And they're competing with bonds. So if bond rates go up to four and REITs were yielding, uh, if they went from two to four and REITs were yielding four, all of a sudden, you need a lot of growth in REITs to justify that interest rate increase, right? That you need the total return to make sense relative to that fixed four. And then your cost of borrow goes up as well. 
So those are things to keep in mind, but in the environment that we're in today, where we're seeing rates go up due primarily to inflation and growth, that's good for REITs. That's been good historically because REITs can pass on that uh, cost, the, they have pricing power to pass on to their customers and construction cost goes up as well. So it's a good, excuse me, good environment right now. Thanks, Rick. That's all from us today. I um, really hope that listeners uh, have taken a lot of uh, inputs from this session. I have taken Thank a lot you. of inputs from this session. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time, Sadia. Thanks for listening in. We're also available on livemin.com. And if you're old school, then do pick up a copy of Mint for some insightful coverage. If you have any questions you want us to address, do reach us out at HT Smartcast. We are present on Twitter, Facebook and Insta. And if you want to connect over email, write in to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Until next time, it's bye-bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.